the nature of your emergency. Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody who is listening in on the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined with Dr. Corey Torgerson, all the way from Toronto, Canada. Corey, how are you? I'm awesome. Great to be here. Good morning, everybody. Please drop your comments and your questions as much as you can. And um, I am doing a giveaway. It's going to be a barbecue rub gift set, so appropriate for today's discussion <laughs> to whoever comments the most on this thread and our promo thread within the next 24 hours. So um, I know that a lot of people have sent me questions in the comments thread, as well as other questions inside of my personal DM. So if you're not comfortable putting questions on here, that's totally fine. You can send them to me and then doctor, I can just screenshot them to you and then connect you directly. Um, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, so I am a uh, I'm actually a facial plastic surgeon with a background in head and neck surgery, and uh, I have my background uh, PhD in neuroscience. So uh, I kind of have a little bit of a varied background. Uh, we started a um, a big clinic here in Toronto called Sovereign MD, and it has lots of different tiers. It's got surgical tiers, it's got non-surgical and sort of medi spa tiers. We have um, North America's busiest hair transplant clinic. And then one of my latest passions is we've started a uh, an all-male clinic called Sovereign Male, where we deal with hormone stuff, uh, testosterone replacement therapies. We deal with ED and we deal with um, male enhancement, which is um, sort of like sort of the latest big new thing. Make big one, something called Big Shot. Yeah, someone says I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited that that you guys showed up. So thank you for that. Now, I, I have one of those selfish questions because before we clicked on that live button, doctor told me I can ask anything that I wanted to. So I'm going to. And I have a plastic surgeon. I also have a husband and five brothers and a dad and all the things. And I know um, how the male ego works. So I don't want to forget to ask this question because I think it's an, an important one, especially in the mental health space. But what takes a man from the place of knowing that there might be something that could be functioning or working better or optimized in his life when it comes to um, his sexual health from having that as a sort of silent secret to himself to going through this threshold of like, okay, I need to go and talk to somebody. Well, it's usually about, you know, like the reliability, <laughs> you know, when we're young, men are used to um, being, you know, having our units and, and everything working like in a snap. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. All of a sudden the situation pops up and boom, you're ready to go. And as we get older, that very much changes. It changes for a lot of reasons. Number one, physiologically things change. We have lots of things going in in our body from our hormones and our testosterone reducing, reducing our sex drive and our ability to have heart erections. Um, and then, you know, even down to, to, to the blood vessel level, they, they retract. So they're not as reliable and it happens to every dude. It really, really does. And when you have that realization that all of a sudden, um, you got, you got to plan stuff. You, you know, there's, there's relational things and, 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 and it's not working on a snap. All of a sudden you're like, jeepers, what do I got to do? I really, really enjoy this part of my life and it's not the same as it used to be. Um, and so, 
Uh, there's that. And then there's also the kind of the piece that we have this expectation now that we shouldn't really age, you know, that we mm -hmm. should always be like tip top. And um, when we see, you know, people in social media and in and, 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 um, and movie stars and all that kind of stuff, we're supposed to not age and, and, and degrade, but yet our bodies do. And, and, and how do we live and how do we reconcile that? Yeah, thank you for sharing that. In our comment section yesterday, it was so interesting because there were a lot of people discussing um, the changes that had taken place post World War One and World War Two as it pertains to men's health. So, in in your practice and your experience, what's happened in the past forty years that has caused erectile dysfunction to be such a big issue? But I think it's a really brilliant question and nobody really knows the answer. I think there's going to be some studies that maybe might tease that out a little bit, but I think there's many factors. And I think probably one of the biggest factors are that, you know, you mentioned war, you know, when we're fighting for our freedoms and when we're fighting lots of things that we kind of, you know, complain about go out the window. <laughs> yeah. We're just interested in our survival, you know, and, and eating and being able to have be free and all of that. So lots of these little things get thrown out. And now we're not at war. We're all so comfortable and all these little things all of a sudden become more important. So there's that piece because we're thinking about it more. There's the media all of a sudden, you know, um, social media says this could happen we're talking about it more in that little switch of social media and instagram and facebook and podcasts and youtubes make information so much more readily available that we're seeing higher rates of erectile dysfunction you know here's a statistic um 50 of men 50 of men over 40 have erectile dysfunction and that number that age number is going down dramatically and the thought is that because it's more, you know, in our minds, because we're talking about it more, dudes are thinking about it more. I mean, we have lots of different options, including the Band-Aids like Cialis or Viagra. And, 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 and what's the biggest area where these drug companies are selling it? What, 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 what age category? Young dudes, dudes in 18 and 20. Like, do they really need these drugs to have a harder erection you're supposed to have the hardest erections when you're that old what happens answer, if a patient takes it that is there any long-term side effects for a patient taking it that young um so it's dose dependent you can have some issues you know like if you take too much for example people will be doubling up and they'll be taking a cialis and a viagra right mm -hmm. and they might get what's called a priapism they might not be able to get rid of their erection and a lot of dudes end up in the er and they have to have a big needle poked in there to drain the blood out okay so so but i mean like at what point you know like the social media has pushed us to say you know it could be better and better and, and along with that, Ashley, I think there's another foundational change, and that is porn. Nobody likes to talk about the, the dangerous effects of porn. I mean, you have your phone, and porn is, like, so available to anybody at any age. I have a 12-year-old son, and he's got friends at school heavily into porn already. It's crazy. It's crazy. And so with that, it's like crack for a boy's brain. You know, it's instant. And so I think there's lots of factors that say we're supposed to be these incredible sexual animals and it can't change and all of that. And there's a lot of pressure for guys as well. 
And so I think it's complicated. I think it's multifactorial, but certainly because we're talking about it more, we're opening up the gate to be able to get better solutions, especially when it becomes really an issue starting sort of in your 40s. That's kind of when we see the peak of it really starting to happen. And I love talking about it. I love taking away, you know, like the, oh, we can't say anything about it because it really, really affects relationships or affects self-esteem. And to be able to contextualize that for a guy and say, hey, there's hope, this can be better and let's take control here. Yeah. And I love your background in neuroscience. And I think that's why you alluded to porn being such an, an issue. And I'm glad that you did because that's the the vice that nobody wants to talk about, the vice that nobody right. wants to admit to or correlate to other physical ailments that are taking place in their body. I'm 100%. not getting a Nelly poked in my stuff. I've tried Viagra and I didn't care for it. Yeah. And I know I have a list of questions. I'm just going to throw them away though, because um, I'm, I'm wondering why somebody would seek out a plastic surgeon, somebody also with an otolaryngology background like yourself. It's not something that we hear a lot about, somebody going to a plastic surgeon to help with treating their erectile dysfunction. So explain to us and educate us a little bit on that relationship. Yeah, that's a good question. And, and here's the deal. The deal is that um, the whole realm of male sexual health isn't actually, we think it maybe would be like, something that like a urologist would deal with. Um, and yet, for the most part, urologists don't really think about that. They think about like circumcisions or maybe problems with your prostate or maybe you have diabetes and you can't get an erection at all. It's not really a balanced sort of life plan kind of how do I get the best out of my sexual health. And the, and the urologist really hadn't stepped up for the most part in Canada or in North America. And so this whole realm of male sexual health has been taken over by doctors that took a special interest in it, okay? Same with testosterone replacement therapy. Just as a quick aside, for an example, you know, as women get into their 40s, their ovaries poop out. They don't make as much estrogen and progesterone. They get symptoms. We call those symptoms menopause. And there's, if your symptoms are bad enough, what do we do for menopause? Well, we give you hormone replacement therapy. When men go through andropause, it's the same thing. Our testicles poop out. We don't make as much testosterone. Um, we get symptoms. They're very, very well-defined symptoms. And what do we do about it? Nothing. Why? We're not taught about andropause in medical school. Even endocrinologists that treat little boys that don't make testosterone at all don't have a concept of optimization. And yet over the last 10, 15 years, a ton of studies have been done that said, hey, just like in females, if you optimize a male's testosterone in the range back up to the high end of the range, it's associated with all these great benefits, you know, health benefits, longevity benefits, energy benefits. Why don't we do this? Anybody looking for testosterone who's a dude is a bodybuilder, is a drug seeker, you get this label on it because the doctors just don't know. They're not stupid, but they just don't know. And so to your question, 
it's the doctors that take a special interest in it that really, really dig down and find out what we need to do in the open. So there's a lot of hormone clinics around North America now, less in Canada, but in North America. And most of them, to tell you the truth, are run by family doctors or eMERGE doctors or any specialty that they had a personal interest in it. You know, for me, it just began with my own personal journey of, 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 of having those symptoms of low testosterone and what do I got to do? Everybody would want this. Let's figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it messes with my PTSD. Yeah. Doctor, can you talk to a little bit about the, the mental challenges that a man would have um, that go along with, with this untreated and just seemingly undiscussed topic that so many people, 50%, you said that, that number just blew my mind, um, suffer from. So we're talking about erectile dysfunction now, 50%. That's a question. Um, so, so yeah, I'm not exactly clear what it messes with in my PTSD. I mean, when it, when a guy isn't able to do it, it's so frustrating because you feel instant guilt and then you feel shame. Both of those things happen. When it can happen like this, you feel instant guilt and you feel shame. There's something about me. There's something wrong. And so all of a sudden it winds up into this, you know, this cycle this post-traumatic stress disorder cycle where you're thinking about sex, you're thinking about having sex with a partner and all of a sudden you're so anxious about it, which of course makes it worse, right? And so we would say that 85% of uh, erectile dysfunction, 85, the grand majority is vascular, okay? And so what that means is kind of stuff what happens in the periphery and in and around our heart as we get older, the blood vessels both shrink they can get clogged up or plugged up with atherosclerosis, okay? Like someone having vessels, diameter goes down in their heart and eventually you get a heart attack, right? That's atherosclerosis. So that happens in your penis. And the second thing that happens is peripherally, they're just kind of withdrawing or retracting. Well, less blood in your penis means less hard penis, okay? And so that's the majority of what's happening in an erectile dysfunction. And that's an age-related issue, all right? So something like Viagra or Cialis, which is so popular and it's probably one of the you know pfizer's you know it's 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 not the covid vaccine it's it's going to be one of these drugs because they're selling a lot of it every guy knows about it right because that's great all it does is dilate those vessels it doesn't fix anything and you got to take it an hour before and certainly it can help and work and I'm, I'm not dogging that medication i think it's very useful for lots of dudes but there are other options now with the technology increase where we can actually um, grow more vessels. And we use acoustic shockwave therapy. And the acoustic shockwave uh, treatments really have come into their time where we can actually stimulate more blood vessel growth in the penis and the erectile tissue so that we have more blood vessels, so that we have more blood, so that we don't have to worry about the hardness of our erections. But those devices also stimulate smooth muscles so that you get more contraction to hold the blood in and you get a longer lasting erection. So being able to, that the question's great, it, you know, stresses me out, it's PTSD because it's here all of a sudden, it's not gonna be reliable. We want it to be reliable every time. And so having the thought that, hey, I don't have to take a drug, I'm actually good. I can do it on my own is a big boost in spontaneity and confidence. Yeah. And that is such an interesting concept. I know there's questions in the comments. I'm, I'm going to get to those, but what is the big shot? Ooh, big shot's cool. So big shot's special. We've actually um, trademarked and, and getting patent on it. And um, a big shot is actually enhancing the penis. It enhances both the length 
and the girth. And so we make big ones. And, um, you know, in the same vein, um, vein, in the same vein as, um, I, I make myself laugh all the time. I'm so <laughs> that the blood vessels retract in a penis. A lot of guys will come up and say, hey, I feel like my penis is actually getting smaller as I'm getting older. And they're right, it, it actually does. Yeah, it actually does, because not so much blood is in it. And 90% uh, of the time, or well, let's say, you know, maybe 95% of the time, we're not walking around with hard penises, which most guys are okay with, they're soft. And if it's a little cold or if we're a little bit anxious, they get even smaller. And so reconciling the size when you're not hard, is always an issue for almost every guy on the planet. And so we think about male enhancement as the same way as a woman might think about um, breast enhancement. Like, like really, Ashley, a little volume in a woman's breast is going to make her feel more beautiful, more legitimate, uh, with their clothes on or clothes off. And the answer is for many women, absolutely not for everybody, but for many women. And it's the same with men, you know, having that confidence, it's just a gift of confidence. We do it in a really, really safe way. We use something called platelet rich gel matrix. In my opinion, it's the ideal treatment for male enhancement. It's low risk. It's natural. It's reversible and it's long lasting. Um, it lasts sort of like three to four years before you would need to touch it up. Um, we make some big dramatic differences. And um, when you're soft, you're longer and you're thicker. And when you're hard, you're bigger, bigger overall. The product is inserted underneath the skin and on top of the erectile tissue. We use a needle. So it's that potential space. So it kind of maximizes your potential space. It's almost like walking around with a semi, but um, it's dramatic. If you want to go on my website and look at befores and afters, you're going to go to um, thebigshot.ca. Now, does the patient feel that in them? Or is it so, like a breast implant? You you really don't know that it's there. So does a man feel that? Not at know, all. In that three to four years? Not at all, because it goes underneath the skin. And so all the receptors for sensitivity are in the skin. So it doesn't change the sensation. And then it doesn't change your erections because that goes on top of the erectile tissue. So it's just really sort of like it forms your own collagen. Um, so it just feels like you. Hmm. That's very interesting. Now, uh, a question here is what about engaging in a workout, specifically cardio? Does that have any kind of benefits? To your sex erectile, drive? I'm guessing he's alluding to, yeah. Okay. So, well, and we do know that if you're doing um, um, particularly resistance training, you know, workouts with weights, we see spikes in the testosterone. So it, your your body is going to respond, a male's body is going to respond to a heavy workout by producing more testosterone. And so it's a little bit of a feed forward situation to some point. All right. So that we know that, you know, guys that actually work out consistently in the gym, pushing weight, maybe not so much cardio, there'll be a little bit with cardio, but particularly weightlifting have higher levels of testosterone than those that do not. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Not and there's also, a, there's also a question here. What about um, 150 milligrams of zinc? So we know that zinc is sort of um, one of those things that is supposed to increase uh, your sex drive. It's also supposed to increase um, your ability to make semen. And so um, there's, there's, there's some studies that alludes to that. Um, certainly, um, I think 
It has no correlation that I'm aware of right now in the literature that it increases your testosterone levels or your uh, erectin abilities, sex drive, and and the amount of uh, semen, your ejaculate. I'm not sure if I'm going to understand this question. It says, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I use software for my knees. Is it similar? I think he's asking about um, maybe yep, the material I, inside of the... the yes. Yeah, so... Um, so it's a very good question. So in joints and like knees, orthopedic surgeons, if there's, you know, bone on bone can inject two things and both of them, we use it in big shots. So it's actually a brilliant correlation. Number one is hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid is sugar and it's a space filling sugar that attracts water. And of course we know that we can inject it in our lips. Ladies like to do that or their cheeks. Juvederm, etc., Restylane. Okay, so yes, that's part of the big shot. And then the other part is something that you can also inject in knees, which is platelet-rich plasma, which is growth factors from your blood. And so that's you know when you take some blood, you put it in a centrifuge, spin out the plasma. That has growth factors, healing factors in it, and you can inject that in joints, sort of to help heal and, and, and reduce inflammation. We do that orthopedically, but that's what Big Shot is. It's that combination between hyaluronic acid filler and PRP. And magic happens when you put them together because the growth factors from the PRP sort of hook onto the hyaluronic acid like a scaffold. And then why it lasts so long is that you get a super stimulation of your own collagen. So, you know, if you just injected Juvederm into your penis, it's going to last about six or seven months. If you're injecting Big Shot into your penis, you're getting like three, four years. All right. Maybe it goes down 10% per year. So, you know, these are costly treatments because we use a lot of product. So if you're going to do that, you certainly want it to last. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. What is the duration of the, the initial treatment? So we say three to four years and then you're about 50% in product. So it slowly degrades. So the strategy that we have is to do an initial big shot. And then about a year later, you're about degraded about 10%. Now dudes, they like it when it's big. And so that 10%, my recommendation is you do a tiny touch up to replace that 10% and add a little bit more at a year. And then a year later, same thing, a tiny touch up. And after that, it just builds upon itself, builds upon itself, builds upon itself. That collagenesis sort of is so long lasting that we kind of call it a semi-permanent treatment. Wait, much mm-hmm. farther than four years. I want to make sure we're getting to these questions before we hop off because they're they're very important ones. I have sort of the opposite problem and I have for a while. It's very difficult for me to finish and often it's, sorry, very easy to get and maintain an erection, but I can't finish sexually. Any ideas on that? So you can get an erection, and but you just can't complete the job. Is that sort of the, the question? Is that the gist of the question? It sounds like it. Then it says it makes me feel, <clears throat> it makes my wife feel like she's not doing enough, even though I yeah. try to assure her that she does plenty. And it's just something with me, I guess. I have a similar issue to this. It takes forever to finish. I get tired before I can finish. It can be very frustrating. Yeah. Um, quality, not quantity. I don't take any supplements, supplements or medications. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, this is uh, a, a problem that uh, is usually the opposite of most guys, which are they come too fast. <laughs> they, 
this is true. So I have a couple of ideas. Uh, idea number one is that um, I, I I would just you know just have a real frank conversation with you about pornography. Is that something that's a big thing in your life? Oftentimes that can be the piece where a real life situation isn't as stimulating as this crack cocaine porn kind of a situation where you can get there, come fast and then be done. And in real life, it doesn't happen. So I'd ask that question. And it's a real question. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a terrible crutch and it's so available. And I'm going to tell you that most men, most men, Ashley have an issue with it. I'm, I don't come at it with judgment. I just say, this is an issue and it's not healthy. Just like smoking's not healthy. I'm going to tell you that right now. I don't care if you like it or not. Porn's not healthy. Okay. It's available and it's in our culture, but it's not healthy and it's not healthy for sex relationships. So I'm going to, that's one of my thoughts. The second thought is we need to do a panel of your testosterone levels. We need, I don't know how old you are, but we need to see where you are. And certainly erectile dysfunction and sex drive are two of, um, uh, decreased sex drive are two of the main symptoms of low testosterone. So we could optimize you. We can, you know, help you to feel like you want to do that, want to do it a lot more and have a better uh, experience the whole time. So both of those things would be things that I would certainly be having a conversation with in a consultation. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Now, do you do remote appointments? I know you're in Canada. So if somebody um, wants to consult with you, are they able to do that remotely? Yeah, a million percent. We absolutely do. We do a lot of it in certain COVID times where like we did that a lot more, you know. Um, uh, the issue is, is if you're living in the United States and I would want to prescribe you something, I certainly could give you um, the uh, uh, dose and the drug that I would prescribe. But uh, you'd have to get that from you know, a family doctor or somebody else because my prescription wouldn't work in your particular state. It's, it's regulated in a slightly different way. If you came to Canada to see me, you could go to the drug, drug um, the pharmacy here and get it. But if, if we're doing it remotely, you'd have to have uh, another doctor able to write a script who could take my um, recommendations. Perfect. TheBigShot.ca. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us this morning, educating us, talking about the, the thing we're not supposed to talk about. And I know there might still be questions. So if there are, make sure to drop them down below and then I will go ahead and tag you, doctor. Thank you guys so much. And um, doctor, stick around because I have a couple more selfish questions. Thank you <laughs> Bye, so everybody. much. Awesome. Thank Thanks, you. Coach Ashley.